Are you tired of the division and hatred being perpetuated in our current climate? Well, then right now, plug into the Power Narrative, Chapter 10, How to Celebrate Difference in Equality. I am your host, B. Green, and if you enjoy your time in the Power Plan, please like, subscribe, and comment. What we're seeing in our land and country is quite disturbing, and I decided to speak out against stigmas and against all this division that keeps us separated in negativity. It has people feeling subconscious about who they are, not fitting in because they so-called fit out. But what does that even mean? We live in a country that speaks as though it's all right to be different. It's all right that you come from this place or from that experience. And there should be room for all of us to celebrate ourselves in equality. By celebrating someone who's not normally celebrated or speaking up about a deficiency that someone else is going through, does that mean that you don't care about the things that other people are going through? Absolutely not. And we need to get away from that kind of thinking because it's dangerous. Let me show you what that looks like on a personal level. Within my family, I am one of three children born to the same parents who all grew up in the same household. And each of us are extremely different people. My parents had a saying. Now we have three boys. And if we raised you all the same, then we've ruined the lives of two. In my family structure, we were not all raised the same. Now we were brought up with the same core values, but we all had different learning styles, different obstacles to overcome, different ways that we approached and viewed the world. Immaturity would bring out comparison, but wisdom would squash all that noise. Because we were raised different, that doesn't mean that my parents cared more for one child than the other. It's that as different people, we needed different things. And we were all celebrated in our own unique way. The overall objective was for us all to succeed. Now it's a different story if that wasn't the objective. Let's use birthdays, for example. Let's say I'm an extrovert and my parents throw me a big party and I love it. And they could say, oh, look at the joy oozing out of that child. We're going to do the same thing for the other two. And then it comes to one of my siblings' birthdays and they do the exact same thing and they throw the great big party, except for he's an introvert who hates large gatherings. So if he hates it and has a terrible birthday party, my parents could, A, say, he's ungrateful. You should be more like your brother. See, he appreciates things. Hey, no matter what we do for you, you know, you just don't appreciate nothing. Look how hard we tried. Look how much effort we put into you having a good time. When the truth is B, you didn't take any effort at all or thought into what would please that specific child. But that's why my parents took the time to 
get to know us and raise us in the way that would fit our specific needs. Getting the how to achieve this with this cast of widely different people, now that's where the labor of love came in. So even in my own household, we were raised different, even though we had access to the same resources. So if at times you're watching and you feel like I'm not speaking directly to you, that doesn't mean that you can't still listen and learn about the differences in other people that I may be speaking directly to. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. I do see color because I'm not colorblind. I celebrate the difference in equality. If we all looked the same, I think this would be a very boring place to be. The train jumps the tracks when a superiority complex comes into play. The train also jumps the track when one culture makes it difficult for another culture to achieve socioeconomic stability. This is supposed to be a place where equal opportunity is for all. If there was no flavor, how boring would that be for your palate? Sometimes you're in the mood for Thai or Hawaiian or Chinese or Mexican food or some soul food. The list can go on and on. Why is it that we can get it when it comes to cultural foods and we can celebrate that, but not the cultures where the food originates from? Now, my cousin, who is an educator, brought up a wonderful point. We shouldn't be fighting for equality because we already are. We should be fighting for equity, which is the quality of being fair and impartial. I think Dr. Seuss said it best. There was a book that I read when I grew up called The Sneetches. Matter of fact, I'm going to share an excerpt. <clears throat> the Sneetches by Dr. Seuss. Now, the star belly sneeches had bellies with stars. The plain belly sneeches had none upon bars. Those stars weren't so big, they were really so small. You might think such a thing wouldn't matter at all. But because they had stars, all the star belly sneeches would brag we the best kind of sneech on the beaches. With their snoots in the air, they would sniff and they'd snort. We'll have nothing to do with that plain belly sort. And whenever they met some, when they were out walking, they'd hike right on past them without even talking. When the star-belly children went out to play ball, could a plain belly get in the game? No, not at all. You could only play if your belly had stars and the plain belly children had none upon bars. When the star belly sneeches had Frankfurter roast or picnics or parties or marshmallow toast, they never invited the plain belly sneeches. They left them out cold in the dark of the beaches. They kept them away, never let them come near, and that's how they treated them year 
after year. Ain't it a pity and a shame? And the story continues. The sneeches that had stars on their bellies made the ones that didn't have stars feel like second-class citizens. So the ones without wanted to be like the ones with. Then all of a sudden, somebody shows up in the town with a machine and for a fee. You hear me? For a fee. Hmm. That machine could put stars on their bellies. Now, the people lined up because they weren't satisfied. They didn't like who they were. So they went into the machine and then came out with stars on their belly. All's good, right? <laughs> Wrong. The OG star belly sneeches didn't like this. So for a fee, they went to the same man and got the stars on their bellies removed. And then all of a sudden, having a star on your belly was no longer cool. So the ones with stars were now the second class citizens. See how that works? Now remember, there was somebody whose pocketbook was benefiting from this self-hatred. From this, I'm up here and you are down there because you look a certain way. Who taught you to hate yourself? They went back and forth and back and forth until eventually the machine broke and nobody remembered who was who anyway. Now this book was written back in 1953 and I read it when I was a child and it was still relevant. It's a shame that the problems that existed in the 1950s are still relevant for the world that my grandchildren are going to have to face unless we get busy and start changing the narrative. The moral is love yourself and then love your neighbor like yourself. You are here for a purpose and to experience life in the skin that you're in. There's a story in the scriptures about a man who was traveling and he was overtaken by some bandits. He was beaten, robbed, and left for dead on the side of the road. And as he lie destitute, the highly esteemed came by and they looked at him and they kept going. Then the religious people who were supposed to be representing did the exact same thing. But a man came along who was culturally frowned upon was the one that stopped and had compassion. He helped him up. He took him to an inn. He paid for his lodging and his health care. The man who was culturally discriminated against by everyone was the one who took care of this man. Now, if the shoe was on the other foot, the man who he helped would customarily have walked by him like he was roadkill. But the point of the story is the one that some may look down on, the person that is customarily dehumanized, is probably the one that has more compassion. Why? Because they know how it feels to be looked at differently with disgust 
and not celebrated for their differences. The one that is dehumanized probably has more compassion in their pinky than all those so-called upper echelon folk. The people with cold hearts, big pockets that could help, but just didn't. That could have helped, but instead they judged. So the challenge question is, are you going to continue to support the status quo that keeps up this division and this hatred that we see in our land and country? Or are you going to be a part of the change that creates not only equality, but equity? Where we can cultivate an environment that celebrates our differences without allowing the threat of hatred to conquer. Thank you for your time. Be Green, reminding you that your story is being written every day. Take the pen.